welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome leaders. I cannot wait to share today's episode. But before we do, quick question. Have you shared this podcast with a friend? If not, would you do me a favor and just send the link to a friend or two, throw it in a text message and tell them this is something that they may find valuable. As you know, my mission is to use this podcast to help as many current or aspiring female school leaders as possible. So I'd be grateful if you can help me with that. I really appreciate it. Now, I am so excited about today's episode because we are chatting with Principal Dr. Taisha Swinton Buck, Principal of Digital Harbor High School in Baltimore, Maryland. Today, we're going to chat all about PBIS at the secondary level. Now, before you say you already know all there is about PBIS, Trust me when I say you will want to hear how Dr. Swinton Buck is raising the game. I promise you, I promise you, this is going to be a good one. Principal Taisha Swinton Buck, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I love saying your name. It's like so much power behind it. So I just want to do it justice. Oh, thank you so much. It's the two eyes for me. The Taisha with two eyes. I love it. (laughs) I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. I I have my own pen and paper right here next to me. So I'm just going to soak it all in and take notes. Sounds good. I'd love to have you begin by just telling us a little more about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I was born and raised in New York. I'm a native New Yorker. And if you know New Yorkers, they are proud about being from New York. Um, I currently live and reside in Maryland. But, you know, I went to Susquehanna University for undergraduate degree. And that is in central Pennsylvania. I studied English secondary education. I graduated as a certified teacher and then started working as a teacher in Newark, New Jersey. I joined Teach for America in 2008, and I stayed at my placement high school for about six years. And I worked as an English teacher, and I also did a lot of department head work at Westside High School in Newark. And then I pursued my master's at Drexel University. And it was at Drexel where I really got into educational leadership and how I developed as a school leader. And then I transitioned into an assistant principal position in Newark for three years. And then in 2017, I said, I want to lead a school. And I met the love of my life who lives in D.C. Well, he's from D.C. And so it just made sense that I moved down to Maryland. And that's where I started my position and my role in Baltimore City as a principal. And since 2017, it's just, I mean, Moving across state, you know, finding the love of your life, starting as a a high school principal, it's just a lot, but I would not change it for anything. Like, I love my role as a principal. I'm currently at Digital Harbor High School in Baltimore City, and I love my school. I love my students. I love my staff. I'm just in a really happy place right now in my professional career, Um, and I'm just 
you know, just grateful for the opportunity to serve in the way that I do currently. I'm actually coming upon my one year anniversary of completing my doctorate, which was huge because, you know, with virtual learning and everything happened with the pandemic, I thought I was going to have to step away from that goal. But in fact, I was able to get it done. So I'm one year out from completing that big, big, big goal. Yes, that's amazing. And so uh, you talk a lot about a whirlwind right there. Like it just happened so much. And I just want to drop a little knowledge for anyone who doesn't know Principal Swintenbuck that you were also featured on the Today Show. So it's not just every day that your school and leadership gets featured on a nationwide show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we were on the Today Show with Al Roker. Yes. <laughs> um, and that was in September 2021. You know, things happen so fast that not that I forget, but it's just so much. So I have to like mm-hmm. pace myself and remember like all the things that have transpired since I arrived in Baltimore. But yes, we were on the Today Show with Al Roker. He came to Baltimore. We met him at the Raven Stadium. I took about 100 of my students um, and a couple of staff members there, and they surprised us. They surprised us, surprised us with laptops and free uh, home Wi-Fi for a year, and that was, like, amazing, right? Like, I was just so grateful and honored to be with Al Roker, share my story. My students were able to share their stories. And he really gave voice to the work that we've done at Digital Harbor High School in the past three years since I arrived. So that was a super huge deal. And I mean, I did also forget that I was named Maryland State Principal of the Year in 2001. Kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So they say, no, it, it is a big deal. But I laugh sometimes because when people lead with that, there's just very high expectations for the for the work and I'm like you know today just call me Taisha because I'm tired (laughs) and I had a full week (laughs) um but yeah no I always joke about that but I love the work that I do so and I appreciate the recognition and honor you know there's a lot there's a lot that has been said about Baltimore and even now like a recent Mm -hmm. story came out about Baltimore and reading levels of our students and, and such and so I'm just so grateful to be a part of the positive stories that are coming out about Baltimore because for some reason there are folks in their corners just ready to tear us down. And so I'm just grateful that um, I'm uplifting the work. And you know what I tell a lot of people, there's more where I come from. So I like to show gratitude and appreciation to people who came before me and who have helped me shape into the leader that I am because I'm still young in the profession. Right. So I love everything you just said, because what I hear is a common theme of leveling up, right? It's like, what is the next thing? And I love that story about your school, that Digital Harbor High continues to level up every year. And you you see like, what's next? What are we going to do next? When we talked, a lot of what you attested that leveling up to is the credit of PBIS implementation at your site. And I'd love to talk about that, particularly because PBIS is secondary people kind of shy away from it, but you love it. So why PBIS at secondary? 
Yes. So I do love it. And let me tell you, I'm one of those principals where my kids, they call it cringy, right? Like when I'm just doing stuff that they're like, please, principal, stop. We love you, but just make it stop. Like I'm the one I dress up in like a Christmas tree outfit, like for all the holidays. It's just a big event. I am that high school principal that probably um, you would expect to be more in the elementary level. But I brought it to high school because... I see how kids light up and appreciate those moments where they can just have fun and make memories. And so when I went through my ed program, and even as a high school teacher, sometimes I felt like people made decisions about what kids would like and what they wouldn't like before we would even expose them to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you're in high school, you have to behave this certain way and like, you know, the fun, jovial opportunities and all of those things were kind of taken away because you're supposed to act like this in high school. So anyway, I'm not that type of school leader. (laughs) I'm a little different, okay? I'm out of the box. Um, And my kids would say that all the time. So PBIS is near and dear to my heart because it really, at the high school level, I was never able to see it develop into what I have at Digital Harbor High School. You know, you would have like a token system or some type of positive behavior reinforcements and pizza parties and stuff like that. But kids were like, okay, thanks for the pizza. Um, And then it was, it didn't really have the impact in shifting the culture. And so at Digital Harbor, we have digital dollars and also Swinton Bucks. Of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, Which is like a higher currency, right? Um, (laughs) So, digital dollars and Swinton Bucks are a true currency at Digital Harbor. And you know, it really created pride and ownership for students and and gave them tangible ways to like gain the things that they like. And so I came in and said, hey, these are the expectations that we're setting for how we operate as a school community for staff and also for students. And based on these expectations, we're going to build out this system where we are going to reward and leverage those student leaders who are actually meeting or exceeding the expectations. Because when I came to Digital Harbor, there was so much conversation about, you know, the kids who were not doing the right things. Mm -hmm. It was in the news. The neighbors told me all about it. You know, other students, staff spoke about, hey, here's all the challenges. Here's the things you got to fix, Swinton Buck, Mm -hmm. right? And I was like, well, mm, okay, (laughs) all right. But what I immediately figured out when I got into the school and started talking to folks that there were, you know, 80, 90% of my students doing all the right things, but they were getting lost in the conversations about, Mm -hmm. you know, all the other challenging things that that 10 or 10, 20% were doing. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not focusing. I will, you know, provide supports and resources for those challenging, you know, students and behaviors and all of those things. But if a large majority are doing the right things, I'm going to build a system that is going to encourage them to continue to meet and exceed expectations. So that's how it came about. And I tell you, I just started talking to kids like, what do you like? What do you want? And just observing them. I stand at my door every morning to greet my students and I play music. And depending on the day, you might get a little gospel, you might get some rap. It really depends on the day, right? But my kids, they always make fun of me when I put on a 90s uh, throwback (laughs) (laughs) playlist. And I'm like, I am not that old. Like, why are you aging me? Because kids are like... They they secretly like it. (laughs) 
I know, but some kids are like, my mother played that all the time on Saturday morning. And I'm like, am, am I that old now? Like, I thought, what happened? So anyway, sometimes I even let them play music, you know, as long as it's the clean version. But then I'm like, what is this? Like, who right. are these people? So it's really about just getting feedback. So we did surveys and I did like a, a world tour of Digital Harbor when I first came in, popsicles with the principal. We did a dog party to get our neighbors out. So I collected a lot of qualitative data. Mm-hmm. just listening to people and observing actions. And it was through that process that allowed me to start building out what we had to offer in our PBIS. Because yes, kids like to eat, you know, they want pizza or they want a, a trip or something like that. But like, I wanted to create something that was tailor-made to my school community. And so with that, I realized that, you know, a lot of my boys came in with hoodies, with which my staff, like they couldn't take it. They did not want the hoodies. And I was like, well, the reason why my boys have on these hoodies is because they don't have access to getting regular haircuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we partnered with the local beauty school to get our hair studio. And we started a barbershop and we started building on it with, you know, manicures for girls and hairstyles and just building on it. And that was something that students could use their digital dollars to you know, take care of themselves. Because when you look good, you feel good and you show up much better in any space that you're in. I also started looking at exposing students to trip experiences that were not so local. Like we were thinking about going to New York and going to New Jersey. And and because I'm a, Mm. you know, Northern girl, I was like, I'm taking you out to New York. Let's go. Um, So for my first year, (laughs) we went to a Broadway show and students used their digital dollars to to go on this trip. And a lot of kids, this is their first time on Broadway, first time in New York. So this is like life-changing experiences for kids that they knew they can work towards. And the key is that, you know, you don't tell a kid, hey, we got a New York trip next week and you got to have a thousand digital dollars. I set out the schedule for the year. And so kids know what they're working towards. And I think that that really is the key to the system that works for us at Digital Harbor. Like we tell them ahead of time, like, hey, this month, this is, you know, all of the events and trips and things that you have access to. So now you know how to manage your digital dollars and you know what you have to do when you show up in your classroom. This is how, you know, you participate, you support your classmates, you come on time, you're in digital swag. So, you know, those are all the things that the teachers are going to be able to provide, you know, give you the digital dollars and you use those for what you, what appeals to you. And so I try to have an array of different opportunities for students because we have 1300, right? So one special event, you know, 1300 won't have access to, but if I have several different things in one month, then, you know, a lot of kids can have access to different opportunities to things that they like. So it's the trips, the hair studio. We even changed our uniform policy. So it's just digital swag now. We we don't even call it uniform anymore. And I tell you, honestly, if any school leader wants to shift their uniform expectations, just change the name. We had a talent fashion show yesterday and the fashion show component was our spring collection of our digital swag. And when I, yes, when I tell you that these kids are like breaking down my door 
to get wow. uniform. <laughs> it is amazing. And like, it's even when they're modeling it, it's like, look at me. And, you know, I just, yesterday my heart was just full because seeing the kids walk out on the stage with their digital swag, which, you know, we, we call uniform, but we call it swag now. And it's a spring collection. It's brand new. It's fresh. It appeals to them. We even have like, you know, in the swag, we have a collegiate vibe. We have streetwear. We have sporty. So it appeals to, you know, all of our kids who like a different look because that standardized way of schooling, that's just not it anymore. And I wanted to create more variety. And so students can use their digital dollars to get swag. So parents don't have to spend hundreds of dollars for uniforms. Kids, you know, throughout the year, as they gain their digital dollars, they can use that to get the new swag that comes out. And I know a lot of school leaders are like, well, where are you getting the money from to to support this, right? That's that's always the question. And so for us, it's through our partnerships. We have several partnerships with local churches. We have our community members who, you know, I invited in early and lots of them are just silent donors to our initiatives. And so once you give voice and you start listening to folks around you, they want to be a part of good work. Right. Mm -hmm. And they want to know that they're contributing in a positive way. And so we share lots and lots of things on social media and it has appealed to our community. And honestly, the the surrounding community of Digital Harbor does not look like the students who go to Digital Harbor. Our students come from across the city. And if you know anything about Federal Hill, Baltimore, it is predominantly white area. And so not a lot of our students live in the surrounding area. They, they're coming from across the city. And so to have these folks show up at our school saying, hey, we want to support. How can we contribute? That's a testament to the open line of communication and just how we've developed a partnership in um, meeting our goals at Digital Harbor. Was that part of your world tour? Did you go out to partnerships or corporations or local businesses too and let them know who you were and what you were trying to do? Yes. And so we have a lot of local businesses in the Federal Hill community that I went out, I sent, you know, emails, we went out, met in person and had conversations about the goals and things that we were doing at Digital Harbor. And then I invited them in. And so mm-hmm. we've partnered with Ice Queens, which is a lo- local black owned ice cream shop. And we've had her come in and offer, you know, kids can pay digital dollars to come and get ice cream. But I just like support in the local community and specifically black owned businesses because I have a predominantly African American school community. Right. We do funnel cake Fridays every Friday, which is a black owned business in Baltimore. He comes every Friday. Students can use their digital dollars to have access to that. And that is something that they work towards and they love. And the owner looks exactly like them and mm. comes from the same neighborhood that they're coming from. And I think that has a significant impact. And so I'm really happy about the things that we've been able to develop with the local businesses in Baltimore. So logistically, I have a, I have a ton of questions, right? So yeah. I you covered the money question, which I love because everybody's wondering, how did she do that? But I'm also wondering, like, do you have a, a key person who leads this work? Do, do kids actually have tangible bucks or is it electronic? What, what does that look like? 
Yes. So we started with tangible bucks and I'll tell you the funniest story. One day I was in the basketball game and one of my behavior specialists was like, Dr. Swinton Buck. Well, not doctor. I wasn't doctor then, but principal Swinton Buck. That's okay. Let's do it. Doctor. Okay. (laughs) Dr. Swinton Buck. They were like, the kids are gambling with the digital dollars. And I was like, I turned around and, you know, you're a school leader. So people are looking at you to react. Right. Right. And I was like, I don't know whether I should be happy or mad, but like right now I'm happy. (laughs) Like we, it's okay. We could channel that energy. Like we could redirect it. But the fact that the digital dollar just had that much, um, Mm -hmm. you know, credibility and impact. I was like, let's go. I knew I had them. And then after COVID, we moved to a system called Kickboard. And so it's all electronic. So we don't have to worry about the the trade-off of digital dollars. Students have access to the app. And so do their parents and teachers. It's very easy to give out the digital dollars and to track. So when they go to the school store, they give their student ID. We verify, you know, their ID. And then we take out the dollars as they make their purchases. So from the start in 2019 to now, we've went from paper dollars to now we're electronic. And that's significant too, because students can go in and check check their accounts. It's like a bank account. You go in and see how many digital dollars you have. You budget for the month. Some of my kids are like, look, I have 1500 digital dollars. And right now I'm budgeting to pay off my senior dues and go on the April trip. And that's I just love it because that's also the skills that they'll need as they grow into adulthood with their own finances and budgeting and all of those things. And as far as incentives, everyone loves incentives. And so I don't know who wrote the book long, long time ago who said like incentives stop at high school, but that's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, And even for my staff, Every month we do incentives for perfect attendance and professional expectations, but we also do a monthly event for our staff to celebrate them because we work too hard not to have fun. Right. So tell me a little bit about the planning that goes into it. And then I want to talk about the staff ownership. So do you have a key person that plans out your year? Because this is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, And if you listen to my staff or if you were to interview them, they would be like, it's the crazy lady. Like she has it all. She's a mastermind of it all. And so I get to work at five o'clock in the morning. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have my list. And typically like, you know, in the summer planning, we try to plan out the year and things you know, sometimes it's too early to plan out. And so I calendar things and send it out to my folks who's leading specific parts of the work. It is a collective effort. Um, And so I am pretty much leading the work, but um, I have folks who are in charge of transportation, who are in charge of, you know, paying the, the, different vendors and stuff like that. And then my leadership team, they're assigned to the monthly trip. So they know the procedure for doing the trip and collecting the permission slips and all of those things. So it is a collective effort and we have continual conversations about, you know, where we are and where we need to go and our next steps. Unfortunately, we we did go to New York again in December, but unfortunately it was at the the peak of the surge. Mm-hmm. And so we got there and they had shut down Radio City Music mm-hmm. Hall. 
um, on December 17th. And it was just, you know, our kids did great because they were able to pivot. We went and did some sightseeing, but I was just like, uh, COVID, right? <laughs> you know, cause this was like, we skipped a year, we skipped 2020 and this was our first time back in New York, but yeah, it's a collective effort. I will just admit that I am like, I dream of these things at night. <laughs> and I wake up and I know my business manager sometimes she's like I, I just I don't understand how you do this I'll wake up and start shooting out emails and she's like okay 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 all right <laughs> and she's like it's never small scale it's always big time and I'm like I have 1300 kids you know yeah and I'm just grateful that we do have the funding to do what we need to do but I also say to school leaders that you have to you have to confirm your priorities early on, right? You have to say, like, these are the non-negotiables for me because I know how it's going to impact how we move forward. So we have a wholeness goal and our goal is to decrease suspensions. And so that means that we have to create a positive, productive learning environment. And that, that just means for me that I have to do a lot of work in uplifting those kids who are meeting and exceeding expectations, giving voice to them and providing opportunities for them to be leaders so that, you know, in those moments of conflict, we don't have to go or resort to suspensions. We we can find our way through using our SEL practices and restorative justice. So the biggest thing for me in sharing with school leaders is like, set your priorities because, you know, yes, funding is tight, all the time. Yes, we are underfunded year after year, but you have to set your priorities and then build your plan around those priorities and just make sure that you have non-negotiables as far as how you're serving your students. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I want to take you back to the very beginning of your journey at Digital Harbor and when you first got started. So people who are listening right now are in, are definitely inspired by you. I am. And I, after we talked before this interview, I went back and looked at my PBIS menu. I was like, this is trash. I need to go back and think about everything I'm doing. So what would you suggest to people who want to get started with PBIS in general, or maybe just revamping their incentivized system? Yeah. So I would say just what you said, like going back and looking at your menu and what you're offering and do like analysis of that, but going and talking to kids, like we can do the standard survey, which I've done. We do that quarterly. But when I do lunch duty, when I do my four floor duty, when I'm you know, in the morning talking to kids at the door, I'm finding out the things that they like. I'm asking certain questions and it's not like survey-like questions. So, you know, it's like just talking and listening to kids because that's what you'll, that's when you'll get that feedback to say, okay, well, they really like gaming gift cards. So how can I build this into the plan? And that happened in November. I was talking to a student. He loves PlayStation. And I was like, why don't we have gaming gift cards? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, why don't we? I was like, don't worry. <laughs> Give me a week. Um, and so now we have PlayStation gift cards. We have Xbox gift cards. We have the iTunes, Apple gift cards. And my business manager told me last week, like, we may have to set a monthly limit, limit for students because some students are coming in like, I want three Xbox gift cards. <laughs> and they have they have the digital dollars. So I'm not saying yeah. no. Like, and, and, you know, sometimes people are like, well, you spoil the kids. And I was like, honestly, 
I don't make assumptions about families, but when you look at communities that have been underserved generation after generation, I don't even understand the concept of what it would mean to spoil Mm. them when they've been left out, counted out for so long. So I kind of refute that narrative, but they're my babies and I, I will give them whatever they want so long as they're willing to work for it. So the gaming gift cards, um, food, what do kids like? So we know pizza is, you know, every that's like a universal incentive, but we do, like I told you, the partnership with the ice queens, she has ice cream funnel cake. I think I have a black owned business coming for Valentine's day that she does specialty honey buns. And so You know, I'm looking on social media. I'm looking at the traffic on certain posts. Like, what are my my kids into? What are they liking? What are they posting? And that gives me all of the information on how I build out my menu. And it has changed. You know, during COVID, we did a lot of DoorDash and Uber Eats opportunities because we we weren't face-to-face. And as we returned back into the building, We've just built on the things that we've started early on. So students can pay for their senior dues. Our school dance, we're having a sweetheart's dance for Valentine's Day during the school day. And so it's an extra incentive because kids get to, you know, come out of class the last two periods and go celebrate love in school. They have to pay their 250 digital dollars for this event. And almost always you know, kids are just super excited about these opportunities because it's like they worked really hard for it and now they can spend their their money the way that they want. And, you know, when I schedule the dances and opportunities like this, I go to kids and I say, well, I'm on Amazon and I'm shopping. I'm like, do you like this? You think this would be nice? Like I'm having those, those conversations. That's what's most important. Listening to kids, talking to kids, they'll give the feedback. Sometimes they're saying, Dr. Swinton Bug, no. Uh-uh, don't do it. And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back to the drawing board. My feelings are a little hurt, but thank you for your feedback. But sometimes they shut me down and I'm like, no, not interested. And I'm like, all right. So honest. I'm not even, yeah, really honest. But guess what? They they save me money because I'm not right. gonna go out and spend on something that they're not even interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and early on, I told, when I came in, I was like, kids are not using digital dollars. They don't want to buy a pencil and paper. Like, stop. Let's stop. Okay. <laughs> like, let's give kids what they like. And even the parents, the parents are like, you know, when we give out like the food gift cards and stuff and haircuts, like that is yeah. putting money back into the family, you mm-hmm. know? So it, it's even bigger than just, you know, positive behaviors and stuff in the school, but that's given back to the family. So now the parent doesn't have to worry about budgeting a hundred dollars a month for a haircut, which is significant. Right. Oh my gosh. So much information today. So good. I'm, I'm ready to take some action. So thank you for everything today. We usually end with our, our fast five. Yes. So just some quick one minute or one word or one sentence answers. So are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right. Let's do this. Favorite leadership book. Radical Candor. I'm actually so rereading, rereading it. It's very good. Yes. Yes. Favorite app. TikTok. And if you watch my social media, you'll know. I learned everything from TikTok. Okay. I learned everything from TikTok. And I know this is supposed to be a fast five, but I'm telling you, if I, if I need to know something, I'm going on TikTok. And mm-hmm. that also gives me information about what my kids like too, because TikTok is telling it, right? It, right. Everything. TikTok tells everything. I learned 
recipe, all types of things. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Best Amazon find for work. Yeah. So you know what? I buy a lot of household things I buy on Amazon, but because of our school and restrictions and stuff, I usually use Office Depot for school-based items um, because they take the purchase orders. So my Amazon, I mean, Office Depot find was a mobile cart. And I I had the cart painted. My name is on it. Like if you go on my TikTok, you'll see the cart. Um, I think that particular video went viral and everybody's like, where did you get this cart from? And I'm like, it's really just a very simple utility cart that I have my laptop on, papers. I have all my PPE on it. And it, you know, it's changed the game for me as far as like connecting with students because I am out and about with my cart. Yeah, absolutely. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Anything Mary J. Blige or Jay-Z. Because it just, I don't know, it just makes my heart warm and fuzzy. Because that's that's like, you know, my youth. And I just love Mary and Jay-Z. And New York State of Mind. And New York, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) One tip you would tell your first year principal self. I think I would tell my first year principal self to create more balance. Early on, I just went so, so hard. And I'm, I mean, I'm still mm-hmm. early in the game, but I'm, I'm feeling it now, right? Mm-hmm. And so creating more balance early on so that it's a habit. And so you, it's not, it doesn't feel like work now. Ne- ne- creating balance for me right now is work because it's like a yeah. strategy to fit everything in. And I just wish that I've created, I would have created some of these habits early on. So I wouldn't be fighting for it in the way that I am now. Yeah. That is great advice. Yeah. All right. Dr. Swinton Buck, if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? Yes. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Principal Swinton Buck. And also follow Digital Harbor High School because my community site specialist and I, we manage the page together on Instagram. It is Digital Harbor High School. And on Twitter, it's Real DHHS. And what about TikTok? TikTok, yes. I'm sorry. TikTok, Principal Swinton Buck. Follow me on TikTok. My favorite place. It is so much fun. I just got in a rabbit hole going on your on your TikTok. It was so much fun. It's a lot. (laughs) But you gotta connect with the kids. The kids taught me. You do. You have to. And you dance and you do the the whole thing. It is fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Dr. Swintenbuck, thank you for this conversation today. It was inspiring. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you giving voice to the work that's happening in Baltimore. So shout out to you and this opportunity. I am greatly, greatly appreciative. Holy smokes. How amazing was that discussion with Dr. Swintenbuck? tons of inspiration and take action nuggets. A big thank you to Dr. Swintenbuck for sharing her successes and for the leadership she provides every day. Make sure to head on over to principlesofsuccess.com for complete show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. 